Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. frog had been agitating that milk for so long, day and night, into the wee hours of the morning that he had churned that milk into butter, and he found a place that he could stand, and he finally was able to hop out of the pail, right? So this is a simple story to illustrate a deeper truth. And in this case, this is a parable that is used to teach people that no matter how difficult the situation, don't give up, right? Now, in a biblical sense, a parable is not just a simple story that's supposed to illustrate a deeper truth. It's an earthly story, a worldly story that's supposed to illustrate a spiritual truth. So the importance when we read these stories, when we read these parables, is the, the lens through which we're reading these. And this is going to become important in just a moment in our next point, right? So when we begin this, we have to really look and tune into the purpose of these parables now. The purpose of these parables, Jesus is going to actually tell us. First off, he's going to share this story, this parable with the masses. Look at here, verse 3 again. He told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. There are three elements here to this parable that we need to identify in order to glean the spiritual understanding of this earthly story. Okay, so a sower went out to sow. The first thing, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first element that we need to define is the sower. The sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. The second thing we need to pay attention to there is the seed. So we have the sower, we have the seed, and the third thing is also evident there in verse 4. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. So the path, we're going to see here four different kinds of soil. So in order to understand the spiritual depth of this parable from this earthly, worldly story that Jesus is sharing, we need to identify what he's speaking of when he speaks of the sower. What does he mean when he's talking about the seed? And what does he mean when he's talking about the soil? Are you with me? Are we all together? Look at this, verse 4. A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. And since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, this is important that we see this portion again, because Jesus is using an earthly story to communicate a spiritual truth. And so he speaks this story, and he's basically saying, listen, if you have a spiritual curiosity, if you're trying to tune into my frequency, you who are really paying attention, tune into this. You're going to get it. You're going to understand. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
Those of you whose hearts are being maybe grabbed onto or being moved, tune into this story, tune into this truth. Let's dig a little bit deeper. This puzzles the disciples. They're confused by this because this isn't the same way that Jesus had been teaching. I mean, maybe they had seen little bits of it, but from this point forward, he's gonna begin teaching by many, many, many parables. The scripture has over 30 parables in the gospels alone that Jesus is going to use to, in order to drive home some sort of spiritual truth. So look at what happens in verse 10. Then the disciples came to him and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why wouldn't you be more clear? Why wouldn't you be more plain? Why are you using this code talk? Why are you speaking in code? Why aren't you just coming right out and telling them who you are like you used to? Right? Why the parables? Why the stories? Why are you beginning to do this? Look at how Jesus responds in verse 11. He says, and he answered them, Jesus answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. That word given there in the Greek is gnosko. It means to not only understand, but it means to experience something on an intimate basis, on an intimate level. Right, So Jesus is saying, listen, you disciples, those of you who are asking me this question, the 12 of the inner circle, you're asking me what this means or why I'm speaking in parables. This is why. It's because God has given you the ability to have this intimate understanding with me, and it's not available necessarily for all. Right, And you might be puzzled. You might think, that just doesn't seem fair. Why would God reveal truth to some people and not to other people? Mark Strauss touched on this a few weeks back, but here's the purpose of these parables. The purpose of these parables is, first off, parables will reveal truth to those who really truly desire truth. And secondly, parables will conceal truth from those who refuse the truth. There's the contrast there. This is why Jesus is using these parables. He's respecting everyone's will or desire. And this is what's amazing about God. When we try to reconcile the sovereignty of God and how God is in control of all things, but yet in his authority and in his sovereignty, he allows you and I the opportunity to choose. He gives us free will and he will not violate that free will. And so here in this mass of people that he begins to teach, there are some people in the crowd who desire to follow after Jesus. Their heart yearns for him. And there are those in the crowd that really want nothing to do with him. And so he teaches in these parables so that he doesn't violate their free will. Those who are spiritually hungry and thirsty, they're going to pursue this truth. Those who really aren't there for the right reasons or the right motives, they're just going to wipe their hands and walk away. Right? So again, look at this. Jesus says, again, I want you to read this again. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. It hasn't been granted. That isn't what they want, right? God is not going to violate that free will. Look at verse 12. To the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. To the one who understands just a little bit, and they pursue that just a little bit, I'm going to give even more. But to the one who is refusing that truth, they're just going to walk away. They won't even have what that was there, right? Okay, now look at this. This is important, verse 13. This is why I speak to them in parables. This is why I do this. I speak in these stories because some have a desire for truth and some want nothing to do with truth. I'm giving them the opportunity to choose to pursue me or not, Jesus says. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see. 
They're observing things. They're witnesses to these miracles. They're witnesses to the preaching and teaching ministry and the miraculous signs and wonders that I'm doing. They're witnesses to this, but it's not mixed with faith. It's not real for them. They're skeptics. They don't really want truth, even though truth is standing right in front of them. Seeing, they still don't see. Look at this next part. And hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Now, understand this for a moment. When Jesus is saying this, he's not saying that God has blinded them from the ability to understand. What he's saying is that they have a hardened heart and choose not to understand. Let's take, for instance, a trigonometry class. Anyone that's like a math wizard in here and took a trigonometry class ever? I hate you people, right? I stopped at Algebra 2, and I'm happy with my life, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? I think I saved myself a lot of pain and suffering. But there are those people that just have a mind for math. So if I were in a trigonometry class with those really brilliant people, okay, I might be in the middle of the ground. But there, let's say these three types of people in that class. There's the person that is brilliant. Their mind wraps around these numbers, and they understand perfectly that trigonometry that's being taught to them, right? There's that person whom the rest of the room hates, Okay, then there's the person in the room who's really trying hard to understand. They're taking notes, they're doing all the study works, they might even be trying to take some extra tutoring just to wrap their heads around these trigonometry truths. But no matter how hard they try, it just doesn't make sense to them. And then there are those people in the room that could care less what's being taught. They're not paying attention at all. It's a wonder that they even ended up in trigonometry class to begin with, right? Now, here's what I want you to understand about this. Jesus is not talking about those people who really want to know, right? That's not who he's talking about here. But hearing, but they just don't understand. He's not talking about people that are having to struggle wrapping their heads around these truths. Those aren't the people he's talking about. He's talking about the people in the class that are really just ignoring the teacher when he's talking. Those people that are in class just to make fun of the other students. The people that are in class that are there to jeer the teacher or to try to trip up the teacher. He's talking about those people. They're hearing, they're hearing everything just the same, but they refuse to seek after truth, not the student who's diligently trying to understand. Does this make sense to you? Some of you, your heart is engaged. Your spiritual ears are open. Your spiritual eyes are wide open. And you're saying, I want this truth for myself. Jesus spoke in parables so that those people who desired truth would receive it. And those who were rejecting truth, their will would not be violated. Are we all good? Do you understand where we're at? So I wonder what kind of students we have in the room today. Are you that kind of student that wants to pursue truth? That truth is worth seeking after? Because this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Pastor Walt touched on this last week. Ask and it will be given to you. And you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. For whoever asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened to him. If you really truly want truth, if you seek after that truth, God is going to bless you with that truth. Right? Listen to what this says. This text in, in Matthew chapter 5. Again, we looked at this in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. If you're hungry for truth, God is going to give you a heaping helping of truth. He's not going to withhold that from you. But if you're not desiring truth today, if your heart isn't ready for that truth, he's not going to force feed that truth down your throat. All right? So look at this. Again, come back to this. Verse 14. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. In the case of those people who seeing they don't really see, hearing they don't really understand, those people, 
they are a fulfillment of what Isaiah the prophet spoke in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. And now there's this quotation from Isaiah 6. Look at this. Again, he says this, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. You're going to witness and hear these things, but it's just not going to click for you because you don't really desire this kind of truth. Your heart really isn't yearning for this. Verse 15, for this people's hearts have grown dull. That word in Greek, which is what the New Testament is written in, it means to be calloused. But remember, we're quoting an Old Testament text in Isaiah. And if you look at what the word means in the Hebrew, it means calloused, but it's more descriptive than that. It means to be fattened. It means to be so fat or so filled that you're no longer hungering and thus you become unresponsive. Contextually, this is what the text is saying, that here this person, they become dull of hearing because they're so filled with other information. They're so filled to, to overflowing that there's no hunger in them to respond to truth when it's right there for the feeding. I wonder how many of us that would describe today. This is why it's so dangerous for us because the world is going to try to fill you with information. You have knowledge right at your fingertips, but it's not going to satisfy the longing of your soul like the truth of God's word will. And if you're filling yourself up on worldly knowledge or worldly wisdom, you're never gonna have the hunger that is necessary for you to be filled spiritually, right? So look at this again. This is how the world does this. And you know, I harp on this often and I harp on this because I hope it convicts someone in the room like it's convicted me in the past. But we can spend so much time listening to this YouTube video or this podcast, right? Or this news source or this news network or reading these articles that were so filled with knowledge and all of those things that they're worldly knowledge, it's worldly wisdom and it's cutting out our appetite to pursue truth in God's word because we've choked it out. There's no more space for any more knowledge in this head of mine and I left God's word for the end. And it's no wonder that the church is suffering it's no wonder that the church is spiritually starving. It's because we're feeding ourselves with the flesh. Right? We can't do that. The world will somehow callous our hearts if we're not careful. Now, I want to do an exercise. Everybody stand up just for a second. We're going to stand up in the middle of the sermon today. All right? You can participate at home, I hope. I hope that this works for you at home. And here's what I want you to see. Now, this is truth, right? This is biological truth that children's hearing, the younger you are, the better your hearing typically will be. All right? And so... The longer you live, the more years that are under your belt, the worse your hearing becomes. Can I get an amen from anyone in the house? That, that Yeah? So here's what I want you to see, right? So we're going to listen to this sound. There's a, a pitch that is going to be played over the speakers. I want you to sit down when you can no longer hear the pitch coming through the speakers. At home, same thing. I want you to say, you know, say, okay, can't hear it anymore. Something like that. But let's go ahead and play this sound. Listen to this sound. Okay. You hear that? If you don't hear it, sit down. Sit down if you don't hear it. When you can't hear it any longer, I want you to sit down. Now, somewhere in the neighborhood, the dogs are going crazy. Sit down when you can't hear it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fade away for some of you. All right, now everybody's gone. I still hear it. 
I'm just kidding. I don't hear it anymore. I don't hear it anymore. I got you guys. I got you guys. But here's the thing. Our threshold changes. Our hearing gets worn down the more years that we spend in the world. And spiritually speaking, the same thing will happen to us. Our spiritual insight, our ability to spiritually receive from the Lord will be calloused the longer we spend in the world. Now, I'm not just talking about age because you have no control over that. But I mean the longer you spend engaging in worldly things, the more calloused your hearing is going to become. You can be a 20-year-old in here and you can't hear from the Lord something that someone who's 80 in the room is hearing because you're too engaged in the world. Does this make sense? We have to protect ourselves from falling into this place. Jesus said this is a fulfillment of what the scripture says, that these people will become callous. They'll become so fattened with knowledge that they have no response in them to pursue truth any longer. And this is what is happening in the church today, right? Again, this parable unlocks all of the other parables. None of the other parables will make sense unless this makes sense to us, unless we can understand this and use this as the key to unlock the rest. Verse 15 again, for this people's hearts have grown dull with their ears. They can barely hear. They can barely hear it. Does anyone live with someone, their spouse that has selective hearing? Yeah, selective hearing. Uh, Oh man, some people are getting thrown under the bus in this place today. Yeah, let us know if your spouse has selective hearing. But, you know, some mothers in the room, you know, be honest about this, right? You guys are on your phone and your children are telling you about your day and you, they sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, right? And you're just on your phone. I, I don't know how it is, but some of you husbands, your wife could ask you to take out the trash 30 times that day. But when she says dinner's ready, you're like up and you're in the kitchen ready to go, right? That's called selective hearing. You're hearing what you want to hear and you're ignoring what you don't. That's what this is referring to here. They barely hear. This same thing again is happening in the church today. You have selective hearing throughout the body of Christ. There are those people who want to really put at the forefront God's grace and mercy and love because those things tickle our ears. But let's not talk about sin or judgment or repentance because that makes me feel uncomfortable. And so what do we do? We listen to those things that we are attracted to, and we ignore those things that make us feel uncomfortable. It shouldn't be that way. It's either God's word or it isn't. You either accept the entire counsel of God's word or you've got to set it all aside. You understand that, don't you? So these people, they barely hear. It's like they pick and choose what they want to obey and what they want to listen to, right? That's a terrible place to be. Look at this. They barely hear. Their eyes, they have closed. They're willingly closing their eyes lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. You ever seen a child throw a fit? And what do they do when they're, they go like, la, 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 right? I just don't want to hear it. They close their eyes. They close their ears. This is what is happening with these people. They're spiritually throwing a fit. I don't like what Jesus is saying right now. I don't agree that he's the Messiah. I'm waiting for someone else. I'm waiting for a warrior to come and to deliver us or whatever the case may be. And so spiritually, they're throwing a fit. Right? They close their eyes and they close their ears lest they should see, lest they should understand and then have to turn and be healed by the Lord. You see that? My Bible tells me this. It tells me in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward us, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God's desire is that everyone turn from their sin and be healed. 
But here, Jesus is quoting this Old Testament text from Isaiah, and he's saying, listen, there's some people who are going to throw a spiritual fit, la, 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 because they don't want to turn from their sin and be healed. They would rather dwell in their sin and live in their sin than repent and turn to God. There's some people in this room who are behaving the same way. You would rather spend those days in your sin than to accept and understand and receive the truth of God and for that truth to impact you in such a way that you have to leave the old man behind. Because when you come to Christ, you can't bring your sin with you. You gotta leave that in the past. That's the old man. That old man is dead with Christ. When you come to Christ, you gotta leave those things behind. And there are some that just are not willing to give up their old man in order to follow Jesus. In this case, those religious leaders especially, they were so consumed by their religion and their traditions and their rituals that they weren't willing to surrender those to follow Jesus. I wonder if there's anyone in the room like that this morning. So this quotation ends and Jesus says this, verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. He says, look, the prophets were writing about this moment, writing about this time, this age when all of these things would be happening and they long to see this, but you are the lucky ones. You're witnesses to this. You get to experience this intimately with me. So you're blessed, you're blessed he says, now look at this. He's gonna explain now this parable. Remember I said there were three elements we needed to find. Who's the sower? What is the seed? And what is the soil? Jesus is gonna tell us what it is here, verse 18. Hear then the parable, the story of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So the first kind of soil is that hardened ground. Now, the path, if you want to put it in perspective for those of you who are from the valley, right, it would be like the canal bank. Okay, you're not going to sow seeds on the canal bank. Why? Because the canal bank is hard. It's callous. It's been compacted. You're supposed to be able to walk over that and drive over that. It's not a place to plant, okay? And so here we see the sower is the one who's preaching. The seed is the word of God, and the soil is the heart that is prepared or not to receive it. So in this first case, the first kind of soil was that path or the canal bank, and it wasn't ready for the seed because the heart was too hard. There was no place for the seed to take root because of the hardness of that heart. Again, there are four kinds of hearts in the room today. As we read through these, I want you to ask yourself, who am I in this story? Okay, so the first one's there. There's the hardened heart. Look, he goes on, he says this in the next verse. Uh, he says, as for the, what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately he receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while and then tribulation of persecution arises on the account of the word and immediately he falls away. So the second kind of soil is a rocky soil. And the seed might start out just a little, little bit of seed, maybe takes a little bit of root, but because there's no depth, because this is a shallow soil, because this is a shallow heart, this is a shallow walk with God, there's no place for the seed to bloom. And eventually when persecution comes or trials come or issues come in life, those people, it says, literally there, it means to take offense. I'm offended. That's what it means to fall away. I'm offended at this trial, and so they give up that walk. 
okay? There's a shallow. This is why we spend so much time here at Christ Community Church trying to get you to engage in your spiritual walk. This is why we want you to get involved in a life group. This is why we want you to engage in some sort of a discipleship class or freedom in Christ class or to maybe come to a foundations class sometime. We want you to go through these layers of depth where you can make sure that your soil is ready to receive the word, right? So really whose fault is it if our hearts are shallow? It's our own fault. We need to be tilling the ground of our own hearts from time to time. I can only do so much as I scatter this seed. It's your responsibility to prepare that heart, to prepare that soil. Does that make sense? Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the ccciv.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.